Don't fuck up. Right. <laughs> Too late. Oh, man. Welcome to A Slice of Life. I am your host, Zach Vaughn. Joining me today, we have Alomine. Yo, what's up? What's up, Alomine? And Alomine's Green Room. Welcome to Alomine's Green Room. This is a weird thing we're doing. I had a vision because I didn't want to miss a week, but who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I lather your back with baby oil. You lather mine. You yeah, know yeah, works. yeah. You know it works around yeah. these parts. Let's turn the lights off, though, for that. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, man? Shit. Same old shit, man. So you're kind of a... You're an icon in this uh, this comedy scene around here. I remember my <laughs> I my, my first time uh, my first time doing stand up was up at Teehees oh, okay. in Des Moines, like a, a year and a half, maybe two years ago. And uh, I'm friends with Matt Lamb, you know Matt. Yeah. And uh, I finished my set. You go up last that night. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times and, I'm late. And uh, I wake up the next morning, and Matt's like, "How'd it go?" I did five minutes uh talking about cream pies yeah. there was no real punch lines it was just a a five minute rant on my my opinions on cream pies um and not the delicious confection i'm talking about the uh you know when a man loves a loves a have woman. you done that since then like here oh no dude never <laughs> never again but uh I would... why, why do i kind of vaguely remember someone talking about cream pies and if i was there i mean yeah, I probably was. Did I see? I was I in the room? Do you remember? I think I think you showed up after my set. Oh, okay. There's okay. probably a lot of cream pie yeah, early yeah. early Open introductory mics, yeah. cream pie material. <laughs> yeah. I thought I had a pretty original concept, but I woke up the next day and Matt's like, "Oh shit, you gotta see Alomine." That's like, dope. Like I was sharing the the building with like uh, Mark and Ormond or something, and I'm like, "Dude, I don't know who went up." Like I was your first time, man. Yeah. Like, I was in my head. Yeah. I brought people. Uh, to join in that's that. the best and then you go and talk to them afterwards and you're like wasn't that good and they're like yeah buddy <laughs> <laughs> oh man i could i mean that that right there bringing people is to me it's it takes balls and it's kind of psychotic i would never do that yeah Bring I mean, people i know because i couldn't deal with that and now that, and now <laughs> that would that, add pressure to me you know? now that i'm a halfway competent comic i never bring people yeah like yeah. now like it should have flip-flopped you know like yep. i should have been like hey don't show up to these early shitty sets yeah you know like show up now but i don't even i At don't least, think about it yeah anymore. the first one i would have been too nervous if i knew people were in the audience because they would have probably let me have it if it was bad and i filmed all like probably for the first six seven months of me doing stand up, I filmed every set. That's dope, man. Um, and watched it, and it's it's hard to watch now. Yeah, it's hard to. I do it. I do audio only, and it's hard to listen to. I couldn't imagine seeing myself too. I'd go, I'd fucking be well, crying. It's, it's good because like I'm a pacer. Like I can't sit still. It just in life, not yeah. even, not even on stage. Like I have to like be moving around. I have to be doing something. I'm like constantly fidgeting. Um, so me being able to look at those videos, like if I take a mic out of a stand now, I'm going to walk like a 5K on stage, you know, like I'm just going to walk back and forth. So now if there's a stand available, I'm just, I leave it in the stand. I'm bad about putting my hands in my pockets now. That's what I do to keep really? my hands from, because like if I take my hands out of my pockets, my arms just, they just sway, dude. Like I don't, I don't. I thought you were going to say she's turned to a zombie and you're fucking shoots forward. Pretty, you start swinging them Pretty now. much, man. And it's just like, I look at those videos now and all I can think is it's super fucked up that my parents didn't let me know I was autistic, you know, like <laughs> they couldn't have given me a heads up. Yeah, you, uh, you have autistic posture. <laughs> oh, I heard a comic say filming your sets 
is like doing like one and a half sets, like being able to go back and watch your set, like in terms of like practice or experience. Yeah, see, I heard half a set because there's nothing like doing a set. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, oh, half a set. The set. And And then, then, oh, okay, yeah. How long long have you been in the stand-up game altogether? Uh, A little over three years. I started April 19th of 2019. So you like started? No, April 17th. Fuck. April 41719. Yeah. Dude, yeah, people are going to fact check this. <laughs> yeah, right. episode, I like, was there. I was at Penguins, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, do you remember your, like, your first sets? Yeah, yeah. I still do the first five minutes I wrote sometimes. Seriously. Yeah, yeah the first five. I feel like to this day, I feel like the first five minutes I wrote is the best thing I ever wrote. Oh, dude. So far. I So I was such a. I was such a geek when it came to preparing for my first set and, and for, like I said, for like months afterwards that I would write a set. Hold on. Hold on. I want to say something to everyone. Listen, if you hear music, it's because I think Haley announced when she came in here, she's going to be playing music. The mic is about to start. We're at the lucky cat. So if you hear music, just bear with it and don't worry about it. Yeah. Bear with it. Weirdos. Yeah. It's a free podcast. We have fucking audio visuals. Uh, I can, I could, but yeah, I can turn it on with Stitcher. I don't even know. Yeah. But it's like, I would make five dollars from it a month yeah, maybe and yeah. is that worth people there listening to this podcast right. be listening to me fucking try selling like hemorrhoid cream probably yeah. not you know? i think my numbers are so low that they're like well t- you can turn it on but no one's gonna fucking want to advertise it's not worth for them to even try to <laughs> yeah. so yeah what was i gonna say so i was such a geek when it came to preparing for my first sets that I would, I would write a new five minutes. I was convinced for like the first half a year I did stand up that I had to do a new five minutes every time I went on stage. <laughs> really? And they, I mean, they weren't good, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd write a five minute set. I would recite it to myself and then I would just find any poor, unfortunate soul in my life to be like, Hey, can I like rehearse this in front of you? <laughs> like I was like preparing to give like a third grade speech rendition of the giving tree or something. Um, it fucking sucked, man. I, so my first, set, who told you to do that? <laughs> it was, I just, when you really get down to, I mean, obviously my approach has changed completely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't even really practice sets in my yeah. head. I just kind of have a, a general idea. But when you really think about it, when you really like strip the kind of being present and being in the moment thing away from stand up, your set itself still kind of like performance arts. So theoretically, yeah. If you were to practice it the way somebody was practicing a script, you know, your set would be tighter. What, yeah. you, what you lose then is the connectivity with yeah. the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you have to walk that line. Right. It's like yeah. this shit has to be tight, but like I can't be so engulfed in being that like you can't come out of it and, that you yeah. can't come out of it and fucking talk shit. Yeah. yeah. So, um, that's, that, yeah, that's very true. I think, uh, it is a, especially starting out. I think it's good to do that, but I think where you fucked up was switching up every fucking week. That's insane. Dude, I did the five minutes I wrote for the first probably four months and only that five minutes. And then I got booked on shows and someone was like, can you do 10 minutes? And I started working on that next five minutes. Yeah. So I, I don't even write every, every day now. I maybe write once every couple weeks. Yeah. And then I'll write several things. You know, I, I have friends that inadvertently like making me feel shitty because they're like, I'm pushing the pen every single day, man. And I'm like, that's not me, dude. Like, yeah. and if I were to try forcing that shit, it would just be, it'd be garbage. You have to find it. People say you got to find your own voice and then you got to find your own practice and how you do it and what works for you. And it's a, like they say, the first 10 years you're learning. So 
to use that time for that and everybody's fucking different did you you said uh find your own voice that that reminds me of something did you have like were you a big stand-up fan before you yeah, got into yeah, comedy? Yeah. So did you have anyone you kind of inadvertently emulated or even intentionally emulated when you were on stage? No, not people, really. People I, talk about falling into that trap all the yeah, time. Yeah, I listen to so many different styles of comedy that I don't think I could if I really wanted to. But, uh, yeah, not not really. I mean, there's obviously people who you kind of want to be like if they're similar to you in physical form and in like other you know demographics so patrice o'neill obviously big, big <laughs> black gonna, dude who's I gonna keep gonna it real it. yeah yeah of course yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah also i mean i listened to so many other random weird people that it's like i couldn't just adapt his style if i even tried to I, like it yeah it wouldn't feel right but yeah it's i uh, i think like probably my favorite part about doing stand-up now is it puts you in this arena where you aren't just seeing the the top 0.5% of comics, you're seeing like all the levels in between. It's crazy. And so all those people you wouldn't see sets on our Netflix or even yeah. YouTube. Now you're getting to experience them and you're like developing like a new crop of like favorite comics. You're yeah. doing, you know, it's cool being able to be in like in those situations where you get to admire something at like, cause I, I mean, I say it all the time. Like if, if you've been to enough, local shows mm -hmm. i mean even if you've been to enough mics there are jokes if not if somebody's really good in entire five minute sets that are just as, just as good as anything yeah. that you would see yeah or if not TV. better yeah on, if, on, if not that, better. that's been on comedy central that's been on netflix it's weird anyway sorry about that folks we were just talking shit about uh av nerds and then they fucking <laughs> they cursed us with their fucking dungeons and dragons magic they fucking gathered all their fucking sexually repressed energy and <laughs> fucked up with fucked up our mics or something. And that's why talent is a producers. Usually, sometimes you have to be though. Dude, I can't wait to uh, if if I ever had disposable income to any degree, I would just pay some nerds to do yeah, all, all the all this we all bitchy need a shit red for band. me. Everybody needs a Ryan Redbone. Yeah, you know, maybe I can just find somebody that's kind of good at this shit in yeah. my life, and then just um do like a long con sort of situation where 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 over the course of months i like i ruin their self-esteem until <laughs> they until, the until they feel like nothing and then i'm like hey nobody else is gonna hang out with you come edit my podcast and i'm your only friend i'm doing you a favor <laughs> that's what yeah that's what we have to do i think that's the move if you're looking for a financially savvy way yeah, to have somebody yeah. edit your podcast because this editing shit fucking sucks man it's the worst yeah it is um, especially if you don't know what you're doing once you, i feel like once i get into a state where i know what the fuck especially with premiere pro there's just so many fucking options i don't know if you ever like messed with it at all but it's just it's a lot man i don't know what the fuck i'm doing at all i keep it simple like i feel like when i got this podcast set up People are like, what'd you, what'd you go with? Like, what sort of system? Did you get those questions too? No, no, no. But there's lots of options. So I, I, it took me like, months. What type of systems do you go with? And I'm like, I really don't know why I would have to spend more money. Yeah. Like, like once I got it, I'm like, with the exception of maybe getting a, another microphone right. uh, or stands or things like that, I'm like, I have, I'm too stupid to have a fucking soundboard in front right, of me. Like I'm right. not going to do, <laughs> yeah. I'm not running a fucking morning DJ AM radio show where I have and to like you, put you have like a soundboard. It's just small. It's, it's a regular studio, but it's just, everything's fucking small. Yeah, man. Too. There's like a, uh, the fake applause setting. Yeah, like, there's uh, four, there's four. You have four. four 
on my podcast, that's the uh, sound that we play when Haley comes back from the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so I stayed on there. Then I think there's the applause one and some other shit. Yeah. I mean, why would you need anything other right. than that? Here's what's dope, though. Is you can, you know, you can plug in other ones. You can add your own drops. And yeah. Record. Have yeah. you started? Have you started fucking around with no, any of that? I'm gonna yeah. start. I'm, start. I'm too. I'm too focused on trying to get videos out, and it's a fucking pain in the ass getting yeah. videos to sync up and edit that shit. But. So what made you? What made you get into stand up? Then we'll get all these like boring introductory no, comedian questions out of the way. About this shit, podcasting. If it wasn't for probably Rogan and Kill Tony, I probably wouldn't never started. I feel like Kill Tony made me start when it came to Omaha and Des Moines. I like was like I had to start getting ready, so I went and started at Penguins and got ready for that shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like it was my university of. I learned so much listening to Rogan, listening to uh, Kill Tony, listening to other comedy podcasts. Like you know what, dude? Like just hearing comics talk about the shit that they go through and how they got better. And it's hearing so much of it and hearing different comics, you realize that it's so fucking different for everybody. So that there's really no rules, but keep getting up. It's yeah. Like the only one, really. Yeah, man. Uh, I was having this conversation with Austin Ingalls. He was, uh, he was on the episode that's releasing tomorrow. Shout out, Austin. Shout out to Austin. Um, I used to get you too confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. White people. Yeah, I know, but it's dumb, though. You kind of have red hair, and he's pure Hitler youth I've, I have no hair. I have no hair, just a red-ass beard. Yeah. I don't so, know did that. People are always like, uh, like, you wear hats all the time, man. And uh, I have like a, I have a nice bald head, man. Yeah. But it's just like, I don't want to give people more of a reason to approach me <laughs> at, at all. Like, I just want to stay incognito. Like, I just want nothing. I just want people to, like, look at me and be like, there's there's no reason no reason I have to make any comment about that dude's appearance. Like, I'm not going to try being his friend. He doesn't have a zany, relatable T-shirt. <laughs> you know, he... Like, just fucking leave me alone, dude. Like, I'm all friended out. Like, I don't. <laughs> You're, done. You're done. You just wanted them to like you. On so I feel like the it. second I take a hat off, people are like, oh, like, and there'll be really? times, there'll be times where like, I like go to work and they're like, oh, I haven't seen you without a hat in forever, you know? And I'm just like, this is why I wear it, man. Like, just don't talk to me. I'm invisible. Just... <laughs> I'm invisible under this brim. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like that. Uh... Yeah, it's like my invisibility cloak, dude. You think so? Yeah. I've never noticed a hat to discourage people from talking to me. When I, um, when I start, that was another thing. When I started doing stand-up, I, I was big. I'm like, I want there to be some theme in like my, my appearance. Yeah, mine was a hat, too. I just I did probably like two or three mics or shows without a hat, and I don't like it. I'm yeah, I'm like, the, I want there to be like a trademark signature thing about my, <laughs> I mean, everyone wears hats, but you yeah. get what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. It's synonymous with yeah. me, you like know, Bert taking off his shirt. And then this podcast is like the man underneath the hat, you okay. know, like, okay, who am I? <laughs> who are <laughs> he's, we? He's ready to go deep. <laughs> <laughs> the hat, the hat, the fucking off the stage, he goes deep. Yeah, man. So podcast kind of inspired, I can probably the same for me. Yeah. I was a big stand up fan. I consumed a lot of stand up comedy um, growing up. That how, was. How old are you? 29. Okay. So I'm always trying to gauge that where people get their comedy from based on, you know, because there was a time when most of it was Comedy Central or like Comic View if you're urban. <laughs> Some white people fucking consume Comic View, I'm sure. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been so successful. But it was mostly black people, you know, it was on BET. Have you heard of that? It was on BET. Uh-huh. It was called Comic View. It came on every fucking night, like right around nine o'clock or some shit. But it was on every night and it was. Some of the best and biggest comics that are like black comics started out doing that shit. Like, have you heard of Earthquake? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was big on there all the fucking time throughout the whole season. Like, I grew up with Earthquake, and he doesn't look that old, but he's old as fuck. <laughs> like, as Black far don't as, crack, man. As, yeah, as far as how long he's been doing comedy, man, he's fucking been at it for a while, and he's been killing for my whole life. It's crazy. Yeah, I was listening to, uh, I was listening to Tom and Bert months ago talk about Bert falling, Earthquake. Yeah. Or, and he's like, the dude's just a murderer. And there's someone who, who was like, as far as how people prepare, doesn't write ever, doesn't record shit ever, just goes up there and just destroys. And when I say this, I don't say this to to insinuate that the earthquake isn't a world class comic because he is. But it it is strange to me. I don't think anyone's gonna argue that he has like the same household name that like Joe Rogan or Tom yeah, Segura yeah. have. And it's crazy to me that there's levels even in like the upper echelon where there are comics that the top comics in the world like idolize and admire right they're like like that's a that's a comic a lot of those most aren't household names at all for whatever reason man yeah well i mean it's just because i think if you just focus on comedy or if you only get those opportunities to murder in rooms some people get opportunities to do tv shows for whatever reason earthquake he tried i'm sure and he didn't have a lot of success in that lane, but in a room, he's destroying every fucking night he goes up. So those comics who like, you know, appreciate just that aspect of that craft are going to always praise those dudes who just, who they see murder and they're scared to fucking follow. Like, yeah, it's crazy to hear Tom say he's scared to follow someone like that. Yeah. And then conversely, you'll like show up to clubs and there's like the same dude that's been going for 20 years that just just sucks and you're like oh man that's like the that's like the you know the horror story of it that's like the other side of that equation right or the guy who's been on type of all type of movies and shit and then tries to come back to it and eats it you know because he hasn't been doing it you see the all types of just different i like seeing when like somebody becomes internet famous you know through tiktok (laughs) or whatever and then they're like i'm gonna i'm gonna do stand-up and they get all the opportunities that we would only dream of right out right out of the gate to deliver like their horrible stand-up set (laughs) and they realize they'll never be good at it and then they never try it again i hear about that all the time like they'll sell out fucking comedy clubs just sell rooms of 300 people and then it'd be little to nothing but then there's a few who started in got good and and kill like that uh what's her name the fucking chick what's her name huge tits uh god it's gonna bother me she's like known for having huge tits what is her name chelsea lynn fuck that was gonna eat me if i didn't remember her name she's fucking i don't know i don't know if i've seen her chelsea lynn she started out like tiktok sounds like i'd be a fan of her material she she does like (laughs) she does like uh she's kind of country her what's her name something trash uh trailer trash chelsea or something like that oh oh i know what you're talking about never mind she started on the internet and then now she's doing fucking theaters and shit and and is killing at him so that's how misogynistic and not woke my brain is when you said huge tits i was like instantly imagining just like a fucking bombshell not (laughs) oh no i was just like i was like oh yeah like she has some fat old titties like hell yeah man i love that why am i this way man you know like here i am i'm trying to be an ally trying to move forward in this world but i am who i am you know well, i just say huge tits so i don't know if i'm being an ally at all but that's her thing yeah she's all about those tits not really she talks about other shit but that's the first thing people notice she's a big girl with huge tits big girl big titties you remember we were uh we were at the comedy bar 
a couple months back uh-huh. and one of the comics went up and he's like uh he's like i love like fat white girls that's what i'm into <laughs> and then he gives a shout out to the girl that he brought with him oh, yeah. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> he like opened up with that he's like fat i'm talking fat yeah. i'm fat however fat you think they are fucking fat anyway here's my girl what do you think was going through that poor girl's mind like in that moment right, probably just do you think he explained it to her do you think he's probably. like listen this is i meant i meant fat p-h-a-t <laughs> <laughs> fuck man yeah i forgot about that I think about that shit all the time as, as far as like funny callbacks yeah, to the yeah. audience. And I don't think like any part of it was intentionally comical. No. And it was the funniest yeah. part of that yeah, set. Yes. Yeah. And we, I was sitting next to you and we just looked at each other. Yeah. Cause she was like, yeah, to the left of us. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. Fuck. Yeah. So, um, do you, th- all right. So here's a question then. Do you think that there is Anything personality-wise, mentally, that comics kind of universally share? What do you think brings people into this shit? Like, what do you think's wired differently enough about somebody's somebody's brain that they're going to hate their lives for? <laughs> I think there's got to be a little bit of um, uh, attention whore, a bunch of you kind of want to seek approval of people. I think probably uh, a little bit of sadomasochism. Like, you kind of, I don't know. I think to be good, you kind of got to be able to, I don't know if you enjoy the suck, but you kind of get into it and understand that's part of the process. Maybe if you look at it that way and yeah, cause it, I don't know. It sucks, man. Yeah. I, you're right. I wish I would have been masochistic in other ways. Like <laughs> I think like just having somebody put cigarettes out on me would have been <laughs> way less detrimental to my mental health. It definitely would have been less of a time investment. So, yeah. but here we are. So. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Fuck. I don't. I don't beat myself. I try not to beat myself up too much. But then again, I haven't been listening to a lot of my sets lately. But uh, yeah, that's that's when it gets the worst for me. But then it just makes me want to get back up and try to fucking correct it. So, so you are a uh, a golden ticket holder. Yeah, Kill Tony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You uh, you want to explain what that is? That is, uh, I can go on Kill Tony whenever I want, basically, and uh, not be pulled out of the bucket. And I have to hope I'm getting up. Just get up whenever. I, I, I was going to fucking, God damn it, I was going to take advantage of my golden ticket and go on my birthday. It's a Monday this year, my fucking 40th. And I made this whole video thing, promotion, trying to get people to give me money on Venmo. And then my homeboy, uh, shout out Jamal, he's the only person that fucking donated. I only had the video up for probably two or three hours. And then he goes, he, he sends me four bucks for the 40. I'm like, buy me a 40, send me to kill 20 for my 40th. He sends me the four bucks. And then he looks on the website to try to buy a ticket. No shows that week. Oh man! The dude. two weeks that they take off throughout the whole year, pretty much, is on one's on my birthday and the other one's the week before. I'm like, God damn it! So I might wait and go down there and take advantage of my golden ticket again uh, when they open up and do it in Rogan's Club. How was uh, how was that experience for you? Fucking insane, man! To to have that be like the the thing that got me to do comedy in the first place and that I was training for. I only did it like five or five times before I did was on Kill Tony, but to have that go so crazy, just those two nights in a row, one in Omaha and then one in Des Moines when he gave me the thing. It was like, I don't know, man. It was, I don't know. It was wild. Just, I just, un- unbelievable, man. I just couldn't believe that it went 
that great. I don't know. It's just weird to think about because that's the reason why I did it and did comedy. And who knows if I would, I probably would still be doing it if I didn't win the golden ticket, but that definitely was the first like big kick that, you know. So I don't know. I don't know if you go through this, um, but I am interested in, in hearing your opinion on it after listening to you like describe that. Um, so that was like a high, high for you. Like you essentially, like a, you achieved like a, a dream, man. Like bucket yeah. list, cross it off. Yeah, I already know what you that. When you were done with that, how was like, how was the come down? Was there like a going back to this and you're like, this fucking sucks? Or like, did you have sets like didn't go well? And you're like, do you guys fucking know? Do you know who I fucking am? Like, kind of, but not really. Cause like I said, I listen to so many podcasts and hear comedians talk. The ones who are at the top tier level still have lows, still eat shit. Otherwise, they're not doing new stuff. So even if it's a sold out show, which I think would actually hurt more if people yeah. pay to come see you and, and jokes aren't landing, like and you still bomb, like that would hurt even more. So I don't think we've really even experienced the lowest of lows in this shit. I haven't had I've had friends that like have textbooked like textbook bomb fest, you know, like, like really ate shit and they'll talk to me about it. And I've had bad sets, man, Yeah, you know, and I, I've had sets that didn't go the way that I wanted. Um, but I don't know if I've experienced, I've bombed by my standards yeah. multiple times yeah. at this point, dozens sure. of times. I don't know if I've experienced like a ripping your heart out of your fucking chest shitting on your grandmother's grave sort of bomb fest yeah it'll happen it's a matter of time it's a numbers game like eventually (laughs) your numbers up but when you get to like a place because we're in the midwest and it's probably rough in chicago but when you get to a place like boston new york people let you fucking know yeah off jump like i hear stories of just killers just people doing fucked up shit where they like Booing them off stage or saying something so much funnier than anything you could think of to the point where you don't even want to continue your set. I, that's the ultimate bomb is when you lose the stage, I think. Yeah. Is when you give up the stage. I've never, I haven't got a boo Shout yet. Shout out Donnell Rawlings. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't got a boo yet. It's not too late if you guys want to be my first. Uh, I have a I have a whole notepad in my phone dedicated to like anti-heckler. Like, <laughs> oh, like, like the shit that Climbacks. like, like, yeah, like that I'm just praying for the day that I'm like these polished <laughs> off. Like, dude, I have another 20 minutes of just responses to, um, but, uh, I've just had, I've had silence, you know? Yeah. Uh, or I've had that sort of, I've had groans. Like yeah. I, I don't have not a lot of my shits like intentionally gross or intentionally, uh, like shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Lord. but yeah, but there are still like, I have a couple of jokes where people are like, ah, oh. <laughs> I have this joke, uh, that I finished my sets with for a long time about this kid, uh, with cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a, it's a really long joke. It's a long build up to one punchline. It's a big risk, but like when it lands, like it, like it hits out of the park, yeah. it's a simple punchline too. Um, but I can always tell when I start telling that joke, how that punchline is going to go. Because I'll look at the audience when I'm telling it, and if people still kind of have like that smirk on their face, like "Where's this going?" I'm yeah. like, "This is going to be fine." Yeah. But there will be times where I'm telling it, and people get invested in the story, like I'm about to 
tell them a real event that happened in my yeah, life yeah, yeah. and you'll see like that look of concern over this child with cancer. I'm like, this is going to be horrible. Like this isn't going to yeah. work out for yeah. me at all. But yeah. And the problem I think with, with that for some people is probably they know someone or something. So they'll get in their head and start thinking about their own fucking situation yeah. and tying it to themselves, which is a natural thing. But I think it's a mistake for comedy is to try not to, you know, for a comedy audience to try not to, take things personally yeah and it like n- nothing wor- nothing sucks worse in life like not i mean not even just stand up but just in your day-to-day life your fucking life at the office than having to explain to somebody that you didn't mean something or explain to somebody you're joking like that yeah. shit pisses me off so well, so especially on a stage i can see if you're not on a stage but if you're on a stage then you shouldn't have to fucking yeah dude i'll never obvious. i'll never explain a single thing i say in my entire life like me me not having to walk you through what i just said yeah. means more to me than you thinking I'm the biggest piece of shit you've ever met. And I will never sacrifice that just to make you be like, Oh, he isn't a piece of shit. Like you can think that forever. I'm not, I'm not explaining shit to you. Suck my dick. <laughs> Until you're looking for a fucking job or something. <laughs> Until you need someone to fucking, yeah, you might have to explain at some point. I don't know. I wouldn't fucking, it depends on the risk and reward. I, I don't have too much pride. Where have I you, fucking- have you been put into like any of those situations where you really have to like swallow your pride over over this shit, like over stand up and be no, like, I'm, ah. I'm essentially a glorified open micer at this point. No, yeah. yeah, no, I don't have an agent or nothing like that. Well, I, I don't mean like over like getting like canceled. I just meant like to save face with somebody, like an audience member, or a friend, oh. or no, not really. I don't think so. Yeah, not that I can think of off top, but maybe who knows? Mostly my wife. I apologize to her if I. Try a joke and doesn't land too hard. I don't know. If that's about it. But. Yeah, yeah. I had this. Uh, I had this one joke that I would tell, um, and I posted it on my story on Instagram. This was a while ago. Uh, I posted like a a portion of it, and I was kind of like casually seeing this girl around the same time, and the joke involved another woman. Oh shit! And uh, she, this girl, just blocked me on everything. She ghosted you, damn. And she she finally like added me back and she's like <laughs> she's like, I was so heartbroken to find out that you were cheating on me this whole time. I'm like, what are you talking about? It was from before, right? And she's and she's like, that joke. I'm like, those are jokes, man. Like I'm like, and if I was cheating on you, I definitely wouldn't post it on my story for you right. to see. You know? I'm just gonna lie to you like I have been this whole time, you know? <laughs> Um, she like posted like statuses. She's like, fuck comedians. Like comedians are pieces of shit. Like I ruined stand up for that girl. And she's like, yeah, I started like writing stand up comedy and I was like going to like write jokes like about you. I'm just like, oh wow. God she damn. Like Maisel, your ass dude. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen that show? Yeah. Marvelous. Miss Maisel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah that's ex- that's exactly yeah. what she was Wasn't gonna her do husband at the stand-up or yeah. yeah and he fucking sucked she yeah, went up she there destroyed off his ass in her fucking nightgown yeah that was a good show <laughs> so all right so who's on your comedy mount rushmore man there's just i mean there's so goddamn many it's hard to say but for sure prior as far as being someone who took it from Joke, 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 you know, hacky setup punch. Not hacky, but you know, the old school style of comedy too. Yeah. There's people like Pryor and Lenny Bruce and all those people who took it to saying like 
real shit and doing like more story shit and different shit, you know, different styles. And I don't know, definitely. Yeah. There was nothing like hacky about Pryor's material. No, I mean like before it was kind of what people call hacky, like before him. Yeah. I know people did that, that, you know, that type of, yeah, I know. Like that's, I was agreeing with you. Like, that's why I was saying like, I expect stand up of like a certain age, like a, like of a certain era to kind Mm -hmm. of sound a certain way. And when I finally started listening to prior shit, I was so pleasantly surprised. I'm just like, this is just good stand up. Cause like you were saying, like all of that stuff coming out in that same time was kind of right. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, he kind of, he kind of reinvented it. And then there's just so many others. I mean, like Chappelle, of course, fucking goddamn. What's the guy I always think of? Stephen Wright. A lot of people don't know who he is. He's like super quiet. Why does that sound so familiar? One liner, super just, Fuck, he's a legend. Like people know him, like who are really in it. But like he's fucking probably '80s comic, early '90s. Of course, David Tell. I've never been in front of anyone who made me almost feel like I was gonna die if I kept laughing, except for David Tell. Yeah, he, <laughs> and he's just pure comic. Like there's not, he's not trying to do movies. He's been in movies and shit, but he had a TV show. But he's just pure fucking comedy joke machine. Like it's crazy. That is like the the best sensation where like you've laughed so hard and for so long that your brains essentially became deoxygenated Man, and you dude. actually feel sick and like you're, you're about to pass out the you're exhausted day. yeah that's what killing is I think yeah <laughs> yeah when people say they destroy and they kill I don't think that they've come close to what a tell does in rooms it's yeah you fucking... just fucked up somebody's entire next day that's like <laughs> right. calling to work right they feel like right. they have a fever <laughs> yeah man fuck man. That is the, uh, that is the goal. You know, that is the, there's been probably, I would say only one time, one time where, uh, I would say that like I killed, you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of middling and, and good sets tossed throughout there. Like I'm fortunate to be able to find my voice and kind of have like an audience that enjoys what I have to say. Mm -hmm. I have plenty of sets where I walk away from feeling fine, but like, I would say only one time and not to that level, obviously. Right. Where, uh, where like I finished a set and then the energy was just kind of zapped in the room for everyone else. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, it is, it's like the, it's like the highest of the highs. Yeah. And that's why I was like asking you about your, your kill Tony impression, because I remember I rode that high for a little bit. I had a, a bunch of other sets that, that went well. Yeah. That if I hadn't had that set, you were on kill Tony. No, 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 oh, no, no, oh, no, 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 oh. no. Oh, okay. No, I was, I was talking about like your, that's oh, why, that's why I was comparing yeah. like that come down. Yeah, yeah. Cause like I had that set and then I had a bunch of other sets following that that went well. Yeah. That if I hadn't had that set, I would have been happy with and then just like nothing felt the same right. anymore. And then you kind of like go down into that, that fucking spiral and you're just yeah. like, everything I do is fucking shit. <laughs> I was the best I ever was for five minutes. I'm never going to be it again. The thing with me with uh, Kill Tony, especially, it was like because I've done so many in different like ways of it being done. Not all of them have been legendary and great. Like I feel like my first one was great, and then uh, the other big one was probably when it was Donnell Rawlings when he walked off and all that shit happened. But other ones were just kind of eh, I feel like. And then I did one with uh, that was like on Zoom during COVID, and I sent in this fucking video, and it was all sideways and weird and shit. And that was the worst. <laughs> but So, yeah, I've never had it to where it's, like, always, you know, high on that. So I know 
just through that experience, Kill Tony alone, I know that there's going to be lows with, with everything. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like, uh, that's awesome, man. That like you, you don't seem like that like affects you in in a way like it does me like that sort of chasing the dragon mentality. Cause it is like, it's, it's debilitating. You just have to get over it. Yeah. There are so many factors that come together in those moments where you deliver your, the best version of your set. Yeah. And, and you're in control of, 5% 5% of those yeah, factors. Yeah, yeah. Everything else is kind of outside of you. And also you're just learning this shit. We are all, we're both in our first five years of this shit. Like yeah. don't fucking, I never try to hold too much water and weight with shit just because I mean, you're fucking doing it. And if you're getting any laughs at all, you're doing all right. And if people are putting you on any shows at all, you're doing all right. Especially in this, in this area where there's like not a lot of crazy opportunities to even do big shit. Have you, have you been to like any of the other, like kind of nearby reputable scenes like Chicago or Never Chicago? I did, uh, Minneapolis. I did, Acme, okay. which is the dopest room I've probably ever performed in as far as just the design of it. And the open mic set I did like it's the laughter in there. Cause the ceilings are so low. It's, it was so fucking packed just to open mic. It was so packed with audience members. Yeah. Like the comics had the, I'm trying to think, were there comics in there? There might have been a few comics, but it was mostly fucking audience, just regular audience member at an open mic. And I mean like a full room. Like in the way they ran it, it's just like there's no actual host on stage. There's a guy with the, you know, in the back with the mic. And then just next person, next person. You only got three minutes, but yeah, that recording of that one audio, it sounds like a fucking laugh track on a sitcom. It's just crazy how, like, I don't know. It's one of my favorites to listen to. Like if I ever get down, that's what why recording is important too. Because if you ever get down, even just the audio of you killing a little yeah, bit yeah. will fucking get you through shit. Just to remind yourself that yeah, you're I, right. I have that. I have that set. You know that that top set of mine recorded, yeah. and it's funny, man. Because like I'll go back and listen to it, and all that I notice now is that it isn't my best material. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go back and listen to it, and I'll be like, "This is the best time of my life." People have never loved me this much, and I'll be like. Oh damn! Like I have, yeah. I have a, I have a two dozen other sets recorded right. that went better than this. Yeah, technically, man. even that uh, that fucking one at Acme, man. There's spots where I listen to it. Like I fucked up a word, I rushed through it because you only get three minutes, and I didn't like say my name. There's so many. You start listening to it more and more. So I try to listen to just the last when yeah. I'm trying to pick myself up. <laughs> if I listen to myself, I'm like, you fucking. Son. You just cut out they all should, the parts yeah. where you're speaking. And right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they shouldn't even laugh at that. What is wrong with you? Yeah, it was. All right. So obviously, uh, you like comedy. Love it, man. What else are you into? Um, fucking trying to do other things that help me get better at comedy, I think. Like, okay. I feel like other parts of my life have to be structured right for me to be better and a better place to write and be creative. So I feel like I've been getting into shit like exercising more regularly, uh, fucking meditating, doing a bunch of shit to keep my mind in like a state of presence. Okay. So I can experience life to get kind of material and then also just to prepare myself for, you know, being in the moment. Cause when you're being in the moment, like we said earlier, when you're on stage and in the moment, that's the best that's going to come out once you're prepared with your material, but also able to be in the moment. And I mean, and that's really like the, the dividends that being prepared with your material pays towards you. Mm -hmm. If you don't have to, if you make as much of your set where you don't have to think about it as 
as possible. Yeah. You don't have to look at your notes. You know the material inside and out. What that awards you is the luxury of being able to be fully present yeah. during your set. Fuck around, yeah. It's it's weird, man. Like the the better your stand up gets, like the better whatever five minutes or ten minutes that you're working on currently gets, the more that the actual material becomes a sort of autopilot mm -hmm. and the more that engaging and interacting becomes like what the comedy actually is. Yeah. The material yeah. is just kind of the background track that's playing while you're right. having these interactions with right. people. That's why that's kind of like that interacting part is so fucking crucial for comedy. And some people you see, they kind of rehearse their shit so much that it's just, they're in a zone. They don't, they kind of don't acknowledge the audience that's in front of them. Really? You know what I mean? And audiences don't really like that. I feel like to, no, dude. To a degree, they want to be a part of the show. And That's like why one of my biggest pet peeves, um, what I always try avoiding doing is going up there with like notes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, if I don't have material prepared, like I'm just going to go up there with the premise in my head as I possibly can and just hope, hopefully it works out when I'm up there. Because I feel <laughs> yeah. like the second somebody sees you like look down at a screen or like a note card, it like, it takes them out of the moment. Like yeah. it kind of like at a mic, I would do that all the time at mics, but at a show I would, I would, yeah. to, I would try to avoid that at all costs at a show. But I mean, there's people who do it like it's the part of their act looking at notes. Yeah. So if you, you can do it in a way that it still works and still kills, like Dion Cole does it. Dante Powell does, just did it this when he was here in a way that's, totally different than I've seen anyone do it and it destroyed. But yeah, you said a couple of really smart things. I, mindfulness is huge, man. I wish that I wish that I could meditate. Uh, I wish that I had the demeanor, uh, to do it. I, I tried being, I tried being really introspective. Uh, I do have like, you know, self care things. Like I try being present and in the moment. And then you also mentioned like, yeah, you have to essentially prime yourself to be able to actually go out and experience life because yeah. all the material exists out there, you know, yeah. like you can't just lock yourself in a room and expect material to find you. Like right. eventually that well is going to run dry. You have to go outside and see like a crackhead fighting a pigeon, <laughs> you know, like, Hell yeah, you gotta see some shit, man. <laughs> yeah. That's why I like traveling. That's why I like my job. It lets me get out there and be outside and fucking drive around and see different shit. So I like doing shit like that. I think traveling helps me write a lot. Yeah, I uh yeah, if I go on long drives for whatever reason, like it seems like that kind of sparks something. Yeah. Like if I if I'm in the car for an extended period of time, it it seems like that that triggers something. Yeah. Maybe just cuz you're alone with your thoughts or I'm listening to podcasts or audiobooks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um or like lately, I drove a lot this last week, a lot, and I was just listening to old like stand-up specials like Chris okay. Rock bring the pain and um, some Joe List stuff. I was yeah. listening to uh, dude Joe List. His last one. Did you see his last one? Yeah, I saw the both. I saw both of them on YouTube. Yeah, the one the one he did. What was it at uh, the stand or something like that? I don't know. It might have been a stand. I don't know, but yeah, the very last one he did. I think was one of the best of the year that anyone's put out. Yeah, he's fucking, fucking funny, man. He's he's good. really talented. Crazy good. Um, I like Dan Soder a lot too. Yeah, fuck yeah, he's fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's I mean it's cool, man. Like it's cool being a fan of like other comics like i have like my goats in my head that for me that's what who are yours yeah uh hannibal burris is number one no shit 
Holy shit. He's my number one dude. Live at the comedy, Kazimoto. Yeah. Is one of my favorite specials of all time. That's dope. I can probably quote that from beginning to end. Um, He's probably my number one. He's funny, man. He's fucking killer. People Um, freaking sleep on Hannibal, man. um, Mark Norman. Yep. Um, is probably machine. He's a goddamn joke machine. He doesn't turn it off. I don't think either. Like Mark, whenever he's on podcast, he's going. Mark Norman, uh, Tom Segura, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like him a lot. Dave Chappelle Monster. is up there. I mean, I like all the, I like most of the popular comics, but yeah. I would say like, other than just going through a list of comics, like people that everyone's heard, uh, Hannibal Burris. Yeah. Um, he's probably my number one. Dan Soder, like you said, yeah. Joe List is fucking good. Shane Gillis, murder. Gosh. Fucking on every, he's another one too. He has a different style than Mark Norman, but whenever he's on any podcast, he just fucking I don't know what it is. Something about the way he talks is just fucking the funniest person. Usually, I don't know on stage or in the room, he just fucking says wild shit, and it's a weird way that he fucking talks. He has that podcast with uh, Sam Morrill. Uh, it is it's something. About, oh, Mark Norman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, can't, uh, I can't remember what's called. Uh, we might be drunk. Yeah, we might be yeah, drunk. Yeah. And um, that introduced me to Sam Murill, and uh, okay. I like him. Yeah, he's yep. super talented. Hell yeah, uh, yeah, man. I mean, there's so there's so much comedy to consume out there. Yeah, is it almost too much? It worries Ooh. me sometimes. <laughs> I I work hard trying not to fucking take people's shit. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. I mean, well, how many times have you been? How many times in your your stand-up career have you been sitting in a room getting ready to go up on stage and you're like i just wrote something that it's unique people, <laughs> people haven't heard this shit and then somebody goes up with the same concept yeah, yeah. and you're just like what the fuck like <laughs> these people think about everything that shit happens to me all the time Hell man yeah. um it's i mean it's it's obviously never like a one-for-one recreation of right. it but it when you have concepts that you're like this is obscure enough that like you know, people probably don't have takes on it. Yeah. There's nothing as disheartening yeah. than to watch somebody literally have a take that night on yeah, it. Yeah, I usually like, expect people to. If it's something that's like general that people could, unless it's something that's super personal to me, then I expect people to have some type of take on some shit. You used to have that uh, post nut clarity bit. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And, uh, and I was like writing like post nut clarity jokes like at that time. And you went up there and, dude, you're just. You just have like a, you have a real comedic like presence about you. You know what I mean? Like there, there are some people that just kind of whatever it is, whatever like exists within somebody to make like to make them comedic or to like have some sort of magnetism drawn towards them as far as like their joke telling ability. There's just a a vibe that some people put off, and I watched you go up there with that post nut clarity. It's like my dick one. I'm trying to think what. It's been, it's probably been two years since I heard it, but it's about like losing your car keys. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, (laughs) I'm just like, well, I'm never, I'm never going to do a post not clarity bit now. Like, cause what's the, if there's other ones that see that one's like, it's not so much clarity. It's more like honesty. Like, but there's been other people who've done like, uh, post not clarity bits that I've heard that I I don't think I've ripped that off of because mine was more like just honesty, but. You can, I mean, if you have a different take on it, whatever, like, I think there's room for everybody because post nut is like a big subject because your mind's different and everybody's so different. kind of the same that they know the that. brain of a fucking <laughs> rocket scientist after I, <laughs> there have been so many times where like, I'm like 
unrolling paper, like toilet paper next to me to fucking like wipe my hands off. And I'm just like, dude, I'm so smart right now. Like if I could just stay in this moment forever, See, it's different for me if I could just stay in this moment forever, if I, if sky's the me, limit. If it's just me and my old post nut, if I'm beaten off that clear, it's not clarity. It's just shame. shame. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Oh, let me turn this port off. I'm sorry, young ladies. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I mean, that's like the, <laughs> for whatever you went through, they're about you. <laughs> The worst part is like uh, the worst part is like when like your phone or your laptop's like playing, and like you you have to like clean up first, and so yes. like it's so, so then like the shame's just extended because you're just like I want this off as quick as possible. Right. It starts getting into like really dark parts of the video. You're just yeah. like, and then you're like, what? Who am I? Yeah. What? <laughs> or sometimes I'll be like, man, I wish I'd have busted there instead of fucking before when that. That's was the worst, dude. Yeah, yeah you like. You- <laughs> There's there's nothing worse than like finishing, like looking down at the screen and seeing a way cooler part. <laughs> yeah, and you're yeah. just like, God damn it. <laughs> I have to go again now. <laughs> right. I don't I have no other choice. But I I do this thing, like I've been doing this thing for the last several years just because the human mind is a, a mystery for me that I want to unravel. Yeah. Where I'll like get done sleeping with a girl and I'll be like do you guys have post nut clarity? I'll just, <laughs> none of them have ever given me a straight answer. I've never gotten like a, yeah, no, that happens. Like they're always like, I don't, because how can you really explain it? Yeah. Unless you have a dick and have experienced <laughs> the, the. Well, I think it's probably different for chicks though. They probably have more. It has to be, they but I have more post nut regret. Like we <laughs> when, we're ma- when we're masturbating because they give something up, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I would call it clarity, but I'm looking at your gross, doughy, <laughs> naked body right now, and I regret all the decisions your, your that led me to this point. <laughs> what did I think this guy was going to I'm, a good I'm home looking for my children? I'm no. looking at the amount of hair on your fucking ass, and I fucking all I know is I want to get out of here. That's what clarity is for me. It's like they just popped an Adderall, right. and their clothes are on instantly. They're out the fucking door. Right. You're right, man. That is a it is post not regret for them. them. Yeah, man. They're just thinking about all of the all of the moments, all the all the wrong choices they made that led yeah, them to the impasse yeah. where they're sleeping with you. And it's either just, that or they're in love and they wonder if you feel the same way. Ugh. <laughs> and what's and and what's worse? What's worse, honestly, I don't know. I can't answer it. <laughs> oh God, to be a young single man. <laughs> I'm happily married, so you want, you want to give her a shout out? <laughs> <laughs> I just did. <laughs> she doesn't watch this shit. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I do I do wonder about the conversations that I've had on here up to this point, and <laughs> and who these conversations are in front of, and how many how many like scorned women in my past are connecting the dots in their brain, and they're like, wait a second, wait, <laughs> wait. <laughs> Women, I mean, women are incredibly talented when it comes to that. Like the amount of the amount of motivation, effort, and time that can be put into deconstructing your lies for the oh, yeah. for the point of like, man, I don't know if I've ever cared about anything that much in this world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they fucking become sleuths, goddamn investigators, and we'll fucking yeah. It's all those true crime. That's all. It's weird that they watch so much of that. I don't know why. 
All the murder rape stuff, chicks are, that's who watches that. It's yeah, weird to me. They watch all that shit and then you go out to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> then you go out to the bar and watch them put themselves in the creepiest situations. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, I feel like you haven't learned anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah. oh, my drink's fizzing. The guy's like, I just put an Alka Seltzer in there. I thought you had a head cold. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Glug, 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 glug. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> it's like, what's the point of watching it if you aren't taking notes? Like, because yeah, I feel like, I mean, I feel like Ted Bundy couldn't have been too great at what he did. You know, he's just, he's just he was, wasn't he, he like, just had the right target a, demographic, attractive dude, and he was just able to fucking weasel his way in or something. I don't know which one was the one that was dude, like, and that, is, I mean, yeah, I think Ted Bundy's who you're yeah, talking about. Okay. That is a huge contributing factor. Oh God. Yeah. I you mean, know, anybody, you trust it's, people it's really easy attacking. to, I mean, I'm not, I'm not immune to it either. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. like I'll, I'll have some fucking sus shit, like said my way. And if it's from like a four, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> Police, you know, but if it's, I mean, if it's a seven or higher, I'm like, yeah, keep telling me the things that I want to hear. What do you want? My social? You want my social security card? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they call them, what do they call them? Trap queens or something? There's like girls that will hook up with dudes and lure them to hotels and then they will rob that dude. Have you you talking about that? Cardi B right now? <laughs> Is that what she did? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. I knew she was a stripper. I didn't know she was involved in the, Wow, that's wild. But yeah, they, they would do that shit. I haven't been to a strip club in so long. A very, very long time. Um, I would fall in love. I would fall in love with strippers. Oh God, really? I couldn't do it. I know it's. And I, I, I mean, like, and it wasn't like I didn't know that it was fake. Every time, always the same thing, man. Like I would always have like such a like poker face on, and I'd be like, "Yo, people that fall in love with strippers, fucking dumb dog, dude, so be, stupid. That's job. never gonna be if me. Good at all? They'll get you. Um, yeah. And then like, you know, six beers into the evening, I'm like going to the ATM for like the seventh time. Now I think that this is, she told me a real name and she's going right. to, she's yeah. going to text me after we're out of here. So I think that, yeah. I think I'm going to save her from this life with my fucking, <laughs> with my fucking, uh, with my 23 junior college credits. I think that. Yeah. That just means they're talented if they get you there, you know, they're just doing their job. Cause you know, they, it's an experience that they're trying to sell. So if they get you, then they're doing their job and <laughs> they're worth every penny, every being a stripper, being a comedian, not too different. No, it's not, it really isn't not too it different. Really when you think about it, except for the, um, the gross touching of dudes. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stick to what I originally said, man. I still feel like it's still feel like it's not too, not too different. I knew, uh, I, I know a stripper or ex stripper. And one time I had a good night at a show I got paid like I think it was like three hundred bucks, and she was like, "That's what I made in in whatever a night or something like that's like a stripper." And she yeah. pointed it out to me, and I was like, "Yeah, I guess that is." You're up there bearing your shit. You're up there. But I feel like I don't know. You said you said ex stripper. Um, I feel like strippers are a lot like Marines. Like once you're one, you're <laughs> you're always one forever. There's no such thing as next stripper. It's <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, ex porn star. Once you're out there, you're out there. And that's, I mean, that has to be something that's like really hard to walk away from. Yeah. I mean, if you like, I remember Mia Khalifa was coming out with like all of her. She's like, the industry used me and 
Like Fast too. Wasn't she only in it for like a, a few months? I think like yeah, like a summer. And just made like a whole bunch of videos. Yeah, it's crazy. I wasn't. I wasn't into it, man. Like I always kind of like try find the amateur stuff, you know, oh, really? supporting local business That's if I can. Up, man. Um, <laughs> but I re- I read yeah yep I have a grassroots <laughs> porn approach. Um, <laughs> but uh, I read an article from her and she said that her being in porn was a massive disappointment to her father who was Lebanese. And then I got super into her. <laughs> Knowing that her dad hated me jerking off to her really just scratched the itch that I didn't know needed scratched. Well, you should get into all of them because I think all of their dads are super disappointed. It would be really weird if they weren't. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> there are some, though. You hear stories about there are some where their dads are like, they're like, pa- them, tiger. They're like pageant moms, but porn star dads. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's out there. He's fluffing the dude in the back. (laughs) Make sure you treat her well, stud. Slaps him on the ass. Go get get him, tiger. Get in there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Honey, say the lines. Say the lines I told you to say. (laughs) Oh, man. Spit on it, baby. (laughs) I taught you how to spit on it. He's he's out on the side of the stage. He's like, call him daddy. She's like, dad, please stop saying, please stop saying that. So it's weird. All right. So fucking gross. But hey, people got to work. You know, people need to pay their bills and they need to go to college and, and they need to get fake eyelashes. So that stuff's not cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I'm, I I support I support sex workers, you know. Hundred percent. I mean, not enough to, daughter. not enough to subscribe to your OnlyFans, but yeah, I can't. Dude, I've had I've had girls that I had actually dated, girls that I had actually seen naked, girls that I had actually had sex with. They have linked me to their OnlyFans. Trying to sell you, like I'm going to pay for it at this I, point. I've driven that car, young lady. I'm know. like, what? <laughs> I pay to live I'm your target demographic. <laughs> I think that's how, just when you start, you got to go through your contact list of people <laughs> who might subscribe. They're like, mom, dad, coach, grandpa. Coach, coach is like, who do you know? Uncle Joe. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, uh, that's the adult version of like selling popcorn, the Boy Scouts. Yeah, like, yeah. uh, you have to walk to each of your neighbor's house and knock <laughs> on the door and you have, uh, the pen and paper and, how much kettle corn can I put you down for this year? You know, I wonder if a chick's ever sent, you know, how they uh, send a little brochure with their parents to work. I wonder if a chick's ever fucking given their link to their father. So take this, take this to the plant. Yeah. Yeah. Put these QR codes up all over the office pops. The guys are going to love them. <laughs> Got a network, man. Networking's hard, dude. I hate it. I, uh, I I promote this podcast all the all the time now. I'm yeah. you know, I'm, I'm posting it, linking it and stuff and it's my least favorite part of doing it for sure. Really? <laughs> I hate it, dude. Like it's not it's not fun for me to to be like, "Hey, watch." Like I I I don't want to have to beg anybody to do anything. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I I never want to be in that situation. But like trying to grow an audience yeah, it's part of it, man. It's hard, man. Trying to, it's hard in stand up. It's hard trying to find, you know. Yeah. And you just have to get those reps in. You have to like get your face in front of people, and ideally, new people are seeing you. New people yeah. are watching your shit and kind of vibing with it. 
Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's, I feel like especially podcast is such a part of it, and it helps so much, especially when you get. That's why I went to video because when you start doing video clips and you start putting up reels, yeah, your numbers will increase the most doing that instead of just like posting like fucking you know a, yeah for a clip sure or an image of when I when I started doing like the first couple episodes I recorded I would uh, I would set my phone up and I would record like twenty minutes on my phone while mm-hmm. I, while we just spoke into the mic okay yeah and then I would try clipping something out of that I just got over it it yeah. took it took me out of it next season season two. Uh, I'll do video. Yeah. I'm going to start posting to YouTube. But for this season, I just kind of want to focus on making the audio and, you know, getting the scheduling down, getting the, you know, the guest book, kind of practicing all the other stuff. So right. I don't have to throw another variable right. into the equation. Yeah. yeah. It is harder when you try to get guests and all the other shit. Yeah. My, uh, my buddy, uh, Josh Francis, he has a podcast that he does called Triple F and it's just the same three comics all the time. Every once in a while they'll have a guest, but. The hardest part for him is so then it's just just editing. Yeah, he does all I that. thought about doing it that way. Like, and there's still day. I mean, like I'm in it now. This yeah. is what it is. Hey, this is what slice of life is. <laughs> um, but I do have those days where I'm like, would would I have enjoyed this more if I just found like the person that I can have the best banter and the best discourse with, right? And just do this thing in front of them for 20 episodes. You know, and just continue getting better at talking to that person. Yeah, you, you, I think that's harder. I think that's more rare. I mean, you got people like uh, Tim Dillon does it with just him and his producer dude, and yeah, it fucking just kills. Uh, and then you got people who's just them. Bill Burr is fucking. Yeah, but Bill Bill Burr is <laughs> it's built Burr. for it. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. built for this shit. Yeah. yeah. So everybody's different. I think I need people <laughs> to bounce shit off of. Have it. you done? Have you uh, tried doing any solo episodes yeah, yet? I, when I first started doing this shit, I would uh, record a little thing like after it, before it, just like on the way home, and then attach that to it. But I just stopped doing that. I don't know why. But uh, yeah, and it would be like twenty minutes and just me rambling incoherently. Yeah, like I, like I do sometimes. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I feel like this is just a another tool of comedy trying to get exposure and then also trying to get used to talking to people and just fucking coming up with shit. And yeah, maybe yeah sometimes I, eventually I'll, uh, pull something from that might become a bit or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, no, I was, I was talking about that. The, uh, the last episode that I did, um, I agree completely, man. I think that I don't, I don't look at this as being like, I have to say something funny yeah. and I have to have a bit out of this. Yeah. I just kind of, you know, I kind of go with the flow and, you know, whatever, you know, whatever happens kind of happens. But there have been times where I've said something on here and I've been like, oh man, like that's a good premise. That's yeah. a, that's a good skeleton for a joke. And, uh, I think that's why every comic has a fucking podcast. I, right. there, there's something obviously value, like a value to be gained from it. Yeah, for sure. If it's not, if it's not bits, it's just, honestly, I like to fucking hang out with comedians. Like yeah. that's, that's half the reason why I got into comedy is just to hang out with comedians. Yeah. That's, and, I mean, that's what it is, man. Like it's the hang. Yeah. You spend so much time at these mics, so much time watching the same bits. Yeah. So it, they, they take forever. Right. You know, of, eventually you reach a point where even your friends, it's hard to watch their sets, you yeah. know, you're just like, ah, you know, so it, it really has to be about, are you like, are you enjoying the people that yeah. you're hanging around? Like, yeah. are you enjoying the hang? Like, are you enjoying it? Like kicking it with these people? Right. That's, that's for sure what it's about for me. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I have the, you know, the most diverse, weird, 
uh, eclectic group of friends that I've ever had in my adult yeah, life. That's now, that's what's dope about this this fucking art form. I don't think there's any other art form where you get so many. We're such a fucking motley crew. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like people from all different backgrounds, from all different beliefs, whatever the fuck, can yeah. come together and focus on this one thing. And yeah, we are kind of like it is the fringe of art. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's not high art. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not theater. It's not yeah. acting. It's not. You know, it is kind of this like grittier, gr- or at least that's what its roots ran. Obviously, yeah, yeah. now it, it's becoming more commercialized, and more people are getting into it. Um, but it's still, I mean, that's, that's still what it is. It's still kind of the, the reject table, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and then people, people start realizing they're like, oh, these are the people that can make me laugh the yeah. most. Like yeah. these are the people that have the best takes on this shit. Yeah. And so. still relatable. So it's the rejects, but they're still relatable because everybody probably in some way feels like they're at a reject table at some point in their life. You know what I mean? So definitely that's, yeah, that's a good way to put it. And any time in my life where I've been around someone and I've been like, oh, this person has it figured out. This person has it all together. The second that you're close enough to that person to this, yeah. watch them peel back, you're like, oh, dude, everyone's fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. Nobody has shit right, figured out. Right. Um, and people who think they do, get the fuck away from me, dude. Yeah, yeah, I don't fucking need that shit around me. Those are the people you have to explain jokes to. I'm not doing that shit. Right. Yeah. I'll be respectful to everyone as long as they're respectful to me. Right, right. But I definitely, I'm not religious. And it's like when you're hanging around somebody that's super religious yeah. and you just kind of feel like on guard a little bit. Yeah. It's like, ah, is this person judging me? That's how I feel. Like if somebody's life is too together, you know, I, I'm just like, I'll be, I'll be nice to you. Like, I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to be rude to you at all, but I'm like, we probably aren't going to hang out. Yeah. Or if, if shit, if it's too <laughs> fucking fell apart, you know, it's the same way. Oh if yeah. Any, if anybody's too anything with that me, one's, like, that one goes without saying, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm not going to go over to my buddy's like trap house and like step over and use syringes and be like, Hey, br- bring it in. We hug here, buddy. Like, no, get your, I don't want fucking hep C. Get the fuck away from me, dude. Like we are <laughs> get your fucking life, dude. <laughs> You yeah, look like they smell like cat urine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not better than anyone, but uh, yeah, yeah, like, there are a few life. people. <laughs> yeah, hang out with everybody, yeah. Man. yeah, for sure. There are levels to this shit. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a good way to put it. Yeah, n- everyone probably feels like a reject at some point. It's cool to find that sort of community where you can band together enjoy the weirdness and the nuance of people it's it's the best part of it i agree completely there's never going to be a good way to close these in my mind so uh yeah if you want to close it out with something that you're like this is alomine's guide to a better life something simple okay uh wash your ass and remember to breathe hell yeah man i agree with both both those things i uh i should a few times today and there weren't wet wipes Oh, like the, the, the office the toilet oh, um because i like obviously at home i keep those things on deck mm-hmm. yeah, and so day. so anytime i i don't you gotta get one it's like 60 bucks man everyone says that yeah. but no, i had actually to. don't man because it kind of ruins you it makes your asshole soft and you fucking not like soft but like you kind of need it when you're not there you you miss it yeah so it well that's how I, that's how i feel about wet wipes like i, yeah. I shit without wet mm-hmm. wipes today and i'm like I, I'm not going to feel good about myself until I get home and shower. Like the rest of the day, my day's ruined now. Yeah. 
my day's been completely deconstructed by yeah. taking a shit yeah. and not having a, a baby wipe. My asshole has turned into a diva because of a bidet. Like I don't when I travel now, I don't bring a, a portable bidet, but I bring wet wipes and my own toilet paper. Dude, if you brought a portable fucking bidet, people do. You're that. the people that girls watch true crime documentaries over. That is the craziest fucking thing. They I have, have ever them, heard. They have them. Just douching out your yeah, own ass. Ba- yeah, it's what it is. It's basically a little fucking bottle. Uh, no, I can't. I can't bring myself to do all that. No, I just can't. Dude. It'll never get that bad for me. Please, yeah. Just, just shit the shower anyway when I'm out anywhere. Just try to shit the shower if I can. That's the best scenario. The worst scenario, you shower and then you have to shit. Yeah, yeah. At that point, go back to sleep. Start the day <laughs> over. Anyway, guys, that's the episode. Yeah. Allo, thank you so much for coming yeah, on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for it. coming on because you're also on my podcast. Thanks for having me, Arn. Allo means green room. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on Slice of Life.